0: Welcome to the Fear and Greed Business Interview. I'm Jennifer Duke. Recently, I read a statistic that frankly should make us all a little nervous. A third of adults in Australia are financially illiterate. That's according to a new piece of research published in the Economic Record. Those with lower financial literacy are likely to end up worse off later in life. It's a pretty startling number. And here to discuss what it means and what needs to be done is Diana Musina, Deputy Chief Economist at AMP Capital. Deanna, welcome to Fear and Greed. Thank
1: you for having me, Jen.
0: Can you break down that number a little bit for us? What does it mean to be
1: financially illiterate? Sure. Well, first, let's talk about what is financial literacy. Ultimately, it's the understanding of financial and economic concepts, but then applying those to your personal finances. So this ranges from topics around things like savings accounts, credit cards, mortgages, shares, and superannuation usually what you tend to see is that as you get older, your financial literacy increases, as you would expect. It peaks around middle age and then it declines into the older years. So there have been a number of studies to try and measure literacy in adults. And the way that they do that is by asking questions around numeracy, compound interest, inflation and risk diversification. And they think that those are the best ways to measure financial literacy. And what they found was that In most developed countries, as we know in Australia, a large share of adults are financially literate, which means that they can answer all those questions correctly. But the more important issue that I noticed in this research was that there is quite a significant gap between the literacy in males versus females. And in Australia, females actually are more financially illiterate compared to some of our global peers. So, we have worse outcomes for female financial literacy here compared to countries like Italy, Germany, the US, Denmark, Switzerland, the UK which kind of took me by surprise a little bit I guess because it doesn't really make much sense to me as to why that should be the case. Do you have any any pet theories as to what's going on there? Well, when I think about the elements that drive financial literacy It's really, to me, about education, and that starts from a young age. You know, that would start in primary school and then into into the high school years. Now, I, I haven't lived in all those other countries, so I don't know what kind of curriculums they teach their students, but I assume that there is some education gap here in Australia that is causing this issue. And the problem is that when you have this financial literacy gender gap, It does lead to worse outcomes for women in terms of wealth accumulation and investment decisions, because if you don't have that sense of what to do with your finances, then you're going to make worse investment decisions. And we already know the issues around the gender pay gap and also around that females retire on lower superannuation compared to males. So the financial literacy gap makes these issues even worse.
0: It's a pretty worrying thing to think about, particularly through that gender lens. Are there things that you think the government and businesses need to be doing to sort of close that gap
1: and to fix things on the childhood end as well? I think that there's plenty of things that can be done and it can come from a number of sources. The government is definitely the centrepiece, I suppose, of this. So I, I think that there really does need to be some sort of personal finance, financial literacy topic that's started to be taught to primary school kids and then that to go into the high school years as well. Because from what I understand, there's no sort of you know, basic finance type of course that, that, that is taught to students. Uh, some students go on to study commerce and economics, which I think is, is quite positive in this and trying to get um, kids exposed to these types of concepts but it can start even earlier than that. And you, and you shouldn't just be you know, reliant on being a commerce or economics student to learn some of these issues. The other interesting thing is that in Australia, the share of males who study economics in HSC has consistently been much higher than females. So males uh, account for about 60% of HSC enrollments in Australia. And that's been the case for a number of decades now. Now, as an economist, <laughs> I think I have to say that the study of economics is extremely important um, but I, I do think that the government can do more to encourage further females into the study of economics and then into those roles and then of course there is also some onus on organisations so for financial service organisations banks and superannuation providers they could be making education resources available to customers or some kind of financial well-being checks for businesses staff incentives like salary packaging, childcare fees. I mean, that also helps working parents. I mean, if we're talking about generally you know, trying to assist wealth positions for females versus males, these types of things need to be thought about as well for the future.
0: Stay with me, Diana. We'll be back in a minute. I'm speaking to Diana Mussina, Deputy Chief Economist at AMP Capital. I imagine there's a lot of people who are, as you've raised, quite concerned about their children's financial literacy who won't be willing to wait for the government to step in here and do something. You've obviously got young kids at home yourself. How do you go about teaching some of those things to your children? Do you have any, any tips for other families who might be listening?
1: I mean, it can definitely start from a young age. I mean, my kids are five and two and they both have piggy banks, which, I know, mean, they put money from, well, my daughter just started losing her child teeth. So been putting that money into the money box and the more teeth that she loses, I feel like the more money that I end up giving her. So <laughs> I'm trying to teach her about that through that sort of way. And as they get older, I hope that I can uh, teach them about you know basic things like credit cards and credit card interest, the way that interest rates work, you know, why it's really important to know what the Reserve Bank is doing, what happens with prices and inflation, concepts that can seem kind of tricky and hard, but if you break it down, actually economics affects you in your everyday life. You might just not even realise it, but the economic forces are driving your everyday decisions and the balances that you have in your bank accounts. And personally, I'm, I'm really interested in this topic and I think it's extremely important. And AMP has a Simplifying Investing podcast, which I'm now going to be joining as well to try and educate listeners on some of these more basic economic type of questions and problems around things like inflation, interest rates, employment, and why you should be focusing on these things to try and break it down and what it actually means for you and your personal finances, because that's ultimately what people care about, is to grow their own wealth.
0: Definitely. I think that's a great thing for businesses to be doing. Is is there um, a view, I mean, obviously in, in the longer term for people that aren't able to kind of close that gap and improve their financial literacy, there are significant outcomes. Could you run us through what those risks are if we don't tackle this problem?
1: Yeah, sure. Well, when the studies looked at what happens when you have lower levels of financial literacy, they found that the impact is quite broad so it ultimately results in worse investment decisions which makes sense because if you don't know the types of products that are available to you when you have you know, additional savings or you don't know that the savings rates go up when interest rates go up or that you know you should shop around for term deposits then you would be making poor investment de- decisions they also found that lower financial literacy results in lower wealth accumulation throughout time and obviously this impact gets worse as you get older because when you have a superannuation balance don't forget that there is a huge power of compound interest that works so even if you grow your savings by say fifty dollars a month that actually has quite a significant impact in your retirement years because the impact of compound interest even if you have a large fall in shares so lower financial literacy means ultimately poor investment decisions low wealth accumulation and smaller savings in retirement, which could mean that you might be relying on a government pension, which is difficult. I mean, it's, I, I, I think it's, it, it will be harder and harder for the government to keep on providing those generous pensions at the moment, because that's, that is an extremely large and growing share of their spending, and they're trying to put the onus back on individuals to grow their own retirement savings. So we should not be reliant on the government to provide large pensions. I think that that's a risk for the future.
0: Sounds to me like this is definitely an issue we should all be quite worried about. Deanna, thank you very much for talking to Fear and Greed. Thank you. It was a pleasure, Jen. That was Deanna Mussina, Deputy Chief Economist at AMP Capital. This is the Fear and Greed Business Interview. Join us every morning for the full episode of Fear and Greed, Australia's best business podcast. I'm Jennifer Duke, Economics Correspondent for Capital Brief, in the chair for Sean Elmer. Enjoy your day.